0: guys, welcome to an exclusive episode of Conversations with Marianne. Today, I have a conversation with a very special young lady called Vanessa Nalutaya. Uh, She lives in the USA now. Uh, She grew up in Uganda, had a... she had some trials and tribulations that she thankfully went through. It's a story about pain, suffering, and healing, finding healing, and just like finding um that balance in life so uh with that i want to put out a trigger warning we don't really get into any explicit details but that said if you have been a victim of abuse now in the past there's a chance that this could bring up memories for you unwanted memories it could bring up pain so maybe don't listen to the episode alone or find someone to talk to after if it brings up anything for you If you don't know anybody, I'm going to um, include helplines or just mental health services that I know about that you could reach out to if you need to. And if the worst comes to the worst, if you feel like you trust me enough, please reach out to me. My socials are tagged in uh, the description. And if I can't help, like, the least I can do is offer you a shoulder to cry on and an ear so you can talk to me and if the worst comes to the worst at least I can find you resources so you can reach out for help so um I just wanted to say that but also I want to say if you're in an abusive situation whether it's emotional physical sexual whatever it may be I hope you find the strength to walk away and I hope you find healing And I also hope you know it's not your fault. It's never your fault. You don't deserve it. And yeah, I just think it's really important. And I think um, this conversation for me is is really special because I think um, stories like this are the reason that I started the podcast in the first place. So enjoy. And I look forward to hearing your feedback. Have a good one and stay safe. Welcome back to Conversations with Marianne. This episode, I have a guest called Vanessa, she's going to introduce herself in a little bit. And uh, this is kind of just like a follow-up to like childhood experiences and how they've affected us and the people that we've become today. So we're just gonna ask Vanessa to share her story and we'll see where we go from there. Hi, Vanessa.
1: Hi. All right. So my name is Vanessa. Last name is Nalutaya. Grew up in Uganda. Um, Eighteen years old, and I'm headed to college this fall. Oh, congratulations!
0: I think I just saw on your
1: Instagram uh, you graduated high school recently. So congr- yes, just did. <laughs> but that's a little bit about me so yeah. far. Um. Uh-
0: so I don't know if you listened to uh, the previous episode. I sent you a link, but um, I was basically I just thought it would be interesting to look at the things we went through as children, well, as far as far back as we can remember. And one of my earliest childhood experiences was boarding school. I think it's like one of like the most influential uh, things I've ever gone through in my life. So. Um, i talked about boarding school and i i think we have a mutual friend uh natasha oh yeah (laughs) yeah so um she listened to the episode and she like she told me a little bit about your story and i'm so sorry it's a it's a it's a bit of a sad story like it's a definitely going to like put a trigger warning on this one because we don't know what people are going through especially now during this time
1: a lot of things are like
0: resurfacing and our mental health is kind of over the place yeah so i just thought it would like if you're comfortable with it it would be interesting to like talk about your story so uh, people can hear it and it's kind of like a comforting thing i think for a lot of people to hear stories of abuse or just like trials people go through their mental health and um it's kind of it kind of like helps people move I'm not alone if this person could come out of it i definitely can come out of it or i need to seek help and things like that so if you're comfortable doing this that's kind of what i'd like you to do today I'd like to share your story
1: yeah oh i'm completely fine with that so um it's gonna need a bit of a backstory and yes we should put a trigger warning because there's like some details that like are not very you know they're very Graphic, I guess yeah it can be like emotionally triggering if someone is still like very delicate with stuff like that yeah. with a beast and all that yeah. but so starting off as a child I had like a perfect family basically yeah. until that like, five when my mom decided to leave this is me living in Uganda like just a local family you know yeah. like dad was a mechanic mom didn't work she was a stay-at-home mom okay. and like we lived on a whole compound with my uncle, my aunt, and my grandma, yeah. and my dad, right? Um, there, so there was a lot of kids growing up. We played so many games together until five, when my mom decided to leave for with no reason at all. So I had five biological siblings, and my mom took one when she left in the middle of the night. And I woke up, and I was like, oh, where did she go? And I was five, so, like, there was not a lot of um, understanding between what was going on. Yeah. My father, him being a Ugandan dad, there's usually not a lot of communication between um, parents and their kids in a local, like, Ugandan home, yeah?
0: Yes, that's, that's very true.
1: Yeah, with my experience. So no one tells you anything. You're left to figure it out by yourself. And as Ugandans, we do mature quickly. Like at five years old, you know everything that's going on and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is not very common in the Western area. Like a five-year-old is just starting school. Well, in Uganda, a five-year-old is like getting to know what the world is and stuff like that. Yeah. So at five, I was forced to start taking care of my younger siblings because I had three left. At home, Uh, Uh, were they younger
0: than you? Were they younger
1: than you? Yeah. So I was the oldest of five.
0: Oh my
1: God, that's tough. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it's like I was taking care of my three siblings that my mom left. It was one brother that um a twin, and then two sisters, and they were younger than the boy. So. I, you know, I did that for like a few years, just like, you know, and then my dad remarried another wife. He had five wives before my mom, and then he was like, he kept remarrying, right? So I had so many step-siblings that just lived on the compound with my grandma. Like, as soon as one woman left, my dad would send his kids to my grandma, and then that's where they would be.
0: Right.
1: And so he, the woman who came in, my new stepmother... I was like I don't want your other kids in the house I want my new kids in the house So then my dad just kicked us out I was like go to your grandma's And my grandma hated me so much Because apparently I represented my mom And she had a thing against daughters Or granddaughters to her Like she preferred the boys Which was also common in local Ugandan homes When I say local I mean like village life right yeah, so it's, it's like, still
0: really common, which is really sad because, like, it really shouldn't yeah. matter if your child is a boy or a girl. It matters that they're a healthy kid.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, continued taking care of the whole family, like, cooking, getting their, getting them ready, clothes, and all that stuff. And, you know, I was written up to nine years old, right, after right. this was My dad had nothing to do with me. So then this is where like everything gets really dark. Like I was already going through emotional abuse with my grandma because she would say all the mean words to like a girl can ever hear, you know, like calling a girl all the degrading words in the dictionary there is, you know, so without any love at all. And that just kind of took a toll on me. But as a Ugandan, I'm starting to figure this out, like locally how i was raised we really didn't have feelings when you know i talk about like we didn't think about feelings we just thought about what am i gonna eat next where am i gonna sleep like well, what that, fun that's have?
0: definitely true like i think i think even me moving out uh i moved uh-huh. I, I moved to canada like shortly after my brother died and it's uh-huh. like you're trying to like process so many feelings at the same time and it's kind of yeah. like i really don't have time to experience this and then someone like over here is telling you no it's okay
1: to take a minute
0: and it's like really like I grew up and I didn't know anything about like if I'm depressed that I should go see a therapist and there's always that thing Mm -hmm. like Uganda well we can't afford to be depressed that's like white people territory (laughs) Uh
1: uh-huh That's, and even like and no one even tells you that it's just it's you're grown with that like it's in your mind so I never really processed emotions right so her words did not mean anything to me at all right i was just like okay she's mad at me for not getting two jerry of water and she's saying all these words to me so i'm fine yeah. right it's like oh it's my fault and stuff like that oh yeah so, definitely
0: we grew yeah. up thinking oh it's um you know someone treated me unkindly that's definitely my fault i have to be like better mm-hmm. you know? they're like Most- if you serve people with a smile they're going to like you and it's like okay so i guess it's my fault
1: Yeah, so, and usually as a girl, you're supposed to be like, yeah, I need to fix this, I need to fix that. Yeah. But growing up there, and so, coming up at nine years old, that was, like, a turning point, because, as I said, my uncle, who was my dad's twin, lived on the same property as, you know, all of us, you know, so we had, like, the whole plot of land that everyone just lived on as a family, and they were alcoholics, both of them, my dad and my uncle were alcoholics. Right. And, yeah. one night he just came back home and you know how you're supposed to like obey your parents and stuff like that yeah just call for me and he'll be like go get me beer from the bar and then I'll run down the street and get more beers and then be like stay here and I'm not gonna go into much details because I don't think I can afford to but basically mm-hmm. I was threatened into being abused by him and that just went on for a long time, and I kept telling people about it, and everyone was like, "Shut up! You can't say anything like that, like that. You're lying, stuff like that." And so I went to my stepsisters, and I was like, "Yo, like this is happening, and I know you all know it's happening. So why we're we not doing anything?" Right. And I was like starting to mature a little bit because I'm like, "This shit hurts. Like I'm not, you know." And um, I'm sorry. the I'm sorry. yeah. So my my older stepsisters were like, yeah, that happened to us. You just have to wait until you're a little bit older, and they'll leave you alone, because what like I think what um they diagnosed them with was they're like they pedophiles, but like they prefer the incest pedophilia. So like is right. they just kept it in the family because they preferred the family and stuff like that. But so that was. I, I don't
0: think it's even about preference it's just about being predatory and like it's easier to like abuse kids in your own house because like where are they going to go you know mm -hmm. and since the police doesn't really care if somebody says well I didn't do it they're like oh the kid's lying obviously like I don't think anybody really thinks about why is a child going to wake up one day and go say you know so and hurting Uh me." why would a kid lie about that
1: yeah so then I went to my grandma and then again she just started calling me all the bad words and all that and I had to apologize and then I kept quiet and I went to my dad one time I never talked to him ever and when I told him he just went and did the same thing to me which was very like I was like oh my gosh this is like so nah like, I just came to my dad for like help and,
0: and he he's, hurt you like the yeah, one person he's in the same thing protect yeah.
1: you So that went on for a year and a year later, I was like, I really can't do this because I had told everyone in the village, I was like, this is happening to me. And everyone was just like, because my my family was kind of respected in the community. So no one dared, you know, touch them at all or say anything. And then within the family, everyone was hiding their bad habits. My grandma knew exactly what was going on. My older stepsisters knew exactly what was going on. And my aunt also knew what was going on. But she protected her girls. So she would stay home and stay with the girls 24-7. And I would wonder why. But she would keep him in the kitchen with them every single day. And I'm like, why does she do that? And I never knew. But I didn't have a mom to protect me like she was doing with her kids. And so because my mom just up and left for no reason. And I mean, I don't even understand the reason, but like she just left. So um, my stepmother did not know what was going on, but as soon as she found out, she left. So she divorced mine and took her kids too. And so I was left there and then my dad was like, you're the reason I don't have a wife anymore, blah, 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 like you did all of this. You told people all of that and everyone just kept threatening me with like we're gonna beat you up like you're gonna end up dead or dead or whatever that stuff is so i went to a neighbor who lived like right next to me and i was like who used to be my mom's best friend and i told her everything that was happening and right. she gave me like you know i think 500 shillings back then worked for like transportation and she's like get on a taxi and go to the police station i'm a nine-year-old i really did not know where that was so i just went and gave the taxi guy like the conductor um if you know that's like how we transport ourselves you know like yeah. in- that's how we go about is we you know use taxis if you don't have a car or anything like that so everyone yeah. uses taxis or border borders but so i got i gave the guy 500 shillings and i, I just did not even tell him the destination. I just got out. Like, I was not about to stay there. And I ended up on the streets. Because, you know, I ended up in Katwe and I did not know anywhere else to go. Keep in mind, I'm still nine years old. So, like, I'm not, I haven't, the only place I've been at is home. Yeah. I haven't been anywhere else. So, I ended up in Katwe and I was on the streets for quite a while either 10 months or like almost a year. And I was just, you know, leaving it out there. But that was better than living at home because if I, kn- I knew if I went home, I would get beat almost to a point of death, right? Yeah. So I was like, I'm not gonna go back there. And the only way was to like end up to the police station. So I ended up, you know, sleeping in a church one day. And this is very, you know, this is very miraculous, I guess. And mm-hmm. You know you don't even have to believe in god to know like this thing was just a miracle for sure the last day i was sleeping in a church before i got to the police station i had like a vision basically right because you didn't sleep anywhere and in uganda a lot of people love having like night overnight uh, services yeah. so that's what they were having so i just slept in that church because they were having that and it was right next to the chibuya police station mm-hmm. and do you know where that is because
0: yeah. um i I, I, I feel like I do, but like yeah. also my geography is just
1: awful. <laughs> yeah. So um, I said, you know, so it was right next to the police station. So I slept there and I'm like, in the morning, I'll go. Okay. And during that night, I had a vision that I would end up here in America, where I am right now, and I'll end up with a family that loved me and I would like be you know, doing my education, basically like life will be good and I'll have a family, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And I'll end up in America. And I had never seen anything about America except for like watched it in TV. And it was probably not, you know, like nothing at all. haven't seen people before. It was never like in my mind. So it was all, I was like, what the heck just happened to me? You know, and that could have been only God. Okay. So this is, this is foreshadowing into the future right now. And that was, like, the vision I had before I reached the police station. When I reached the police station, I told the police officers what was going on, and they sent me to the family section. And there was this woman, you know, very, very caring. She took care of me. And she's like, we're going to go to the doctor and prove that what you're saying is true. Then we'll figure out what to do with you after that. Right. So to the doctor, and they did all the rape kits they could. It was, like, hours and hours of, like, just... Exploring like my whole entire body, and I'm like, gosh, you know, yeah. Like, so they can really scary. Scary.
0: yeah.
1: And keep in mind, this is still me being nine years old. So I'm just like, yeah. what's going on? And um, I think I was approaching ten, you know, because I was like on the streets for that whole while. So yeah. I was approaching ten, going going on eleven, and they felt like you know they were like, yeah, your results came back positive. And they didn't know what to do with me because they don't have orphanages that they can just put you in, in Uganda, you know. Um, It's very all, it's very relationship-based. So you have to know someone who knows someone so so that you can get into that place. And we, you know, we just kind of, it was very, very rough because I had to stay in a jail cell for like a few weeks. Because they didn't know where else to put me. They couldn't send me back home. And they went and arrested my uncle. But my dad kind of ran away because I think he knew what was going to happen. Someone tipped him off or something. He was kind of powerful too, so someone kind of tipped him off. And my grandma bribed out my uncle. Like, you know, she paid a few shillings so that he could get out of prison and when she came to prison she's like where's that girl i'm gonna kill her where is she like i have every right to her she's my granddaughter where is she let me talk to her let me see her and she came with like all that kings that you ruined my life you ruined our family now the whole village looks at us in a certain way and stuff like that blah 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 like do you feel better about like all those words she would say the meanest things ever and so they had to hide me in a jail cell where i was not touchable at all and i was eating prisoners food i was doing like all of that stuff that you know a child really should not do but in my mind i was thinking that's the best place i could be yeah you know because i'm a positive thinker when it comes to stuff so i usually never look at the negative i just look at the Like, what's good right now? You know, I'm not dead. I'm eating food, so life is good. And that's, like, how, you know, we just stayed in the jail cell for a while. Then after that, the woman figured out how to send me to the probation officers. And I was just sitting in an office, and this white man walks in, right? (laughs) And he sees me on the floor just sitting with barely any clothes on because I was wearing, like, that one shirt that I had.
0: Yeah, and you know
1: I remember it, it was a yellow shirt and it had Museveni on it right. and I aspired to be the president of like Uganda for like however long like I can think of like I've always wanted to be that Yeah, but so I always had that shirt on me it was really huge and I just that's all I had on me holes and everything but I made sure that like Museveni's picture was not touched right so like he just saw me there okay never mind that was like off track but completely um, <laughs> really Like just find the, the joy in the smallest things yeah so he saw me sitting on the floor and he looked at me and he told me when he looked at me he knew that I was gonna be his daughter from that moment on mm-hmm. And this was random because he was work. He, he had adopt. He was living in Africa. This white man was living in Africa with his family, his yeah. wife, and his children, for um, I think five years prior before meeting me, and he yeah. was doing missionary work and stuff. And he was in the process of adopting another girl from South Sudan. Right. That's why he was in the probation officer's office. That's why he came to like finish adopting his daughter from South Sudan. Yeah. and his son from south sudan so he was finishing to adopt them and he saw me and was like what's her story yeah. and i didn't even like understand english back then but like i knew like i could feel like it was kind of like an instant like love at first sight yeah so he called his wife and he's like we're bringing this girl home she needs a place to stay she's sitting in an office and she probably is gonna sleep on the floor here because they don't have anywhere to put her so she's coming to our house and then my mom right now so um his wife showed up and you know they talked and talked and boom I was the next thing I knew I was in the car with them and they were taking me to live with them yeah just for like a few months it was initially supposed to be for a few months until they found like what to do with me
0: yeah
1: and that three months that they were supposed to have me turned into six months then into nine months then into a year and they're like okay yeah we're not sending you back to wherever they want to take you you're uh-huh. staying here and then that's when they sent me to the boarding school Makindia Junior Natasha that's how i know her
0: okay
1: um so yeah but everything like just kind of changed my life shifted but that 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 reminded me of the vision that i had that i was yeah. going to find a family and it's a slow process cuz god takes his mm-hmm. time and yeah. his speed but exactly what I dreamt of. There was no faces to the white people's family that I was going to be in. But like, when I saw them, that just kind of clicked. I was like, oh my goodness. You know? Yeah. So like, That's everything
0: is... a really was beautiful there. story.
1: And yeah. It just... Every time I tell it, I'm like, I'm really blessed because not many, like all my friends that I was with on the streets, yeah. they're probably just going to be there forever because there's not so much opportunity to get out. Yeah. You know? So just like looking at me, I was very blessed. Not even lucky, because luck does not do it. Just like this was intentional. Out. Yeah, this was like intentional blessings, like from God, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: So everything after that was just, you know, I forgot about everything. Um and with it with the emotions and the processing stuff, we're still working through that. I've had years of therapy and all that. But I still haven't lost my joy. because you know I really don't let the past define me Mm -hmm. I do tell the story so that I can inspire and stuff like that but as for pity like I really don't need that or as for like you know I just all I need still on
0: the line (laughs) Vanessa? I think we, I think we lost her. (laughs) Vanessa? Okay, we're gonna take a bit of a break and then we'll be back. Hey, welcome back.
1: Oh, hi. I'm so sorry about that. I don't know what happened. That's okay. (laughs) No, someone tried to call me and then the mic thing, like, just cut out. And I was like, I don't know how to fix this. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, uh, that's totally fine. Like, we can always just, like, cut certain
1: parts out. Yeah, like, edit it out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so... Yeah, so you found a family and... Yeah, like you were saying, there's a lot of kids that, like, stay stuck on the street because they don't have any other hope of of leaving. It's like, either go back home and be abused for the rest of your life, or stay on the street. And, you know, there's still uncertainty, but, like, you have, like, a better chance of survival, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, on the street, it's more like a family than you know so that's what like i think most kids look for because i never felt like closer to anyone than what i did with those kids like when we got like one food or anything like that we're just because people usually don't give out in uganda like yeah you know it's like they see street kids and they're like oh you just ran away from home and blah 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 so no one yeah. really gives and so like the little you get you have to share and that's just like so much like family stuff Other like experiences i went through like on the streets like not matching memory but stuff keeps coming back and i'm like wow you know it's just very like you know very loving out there
0: yeah i I think i think your story is really beautiful i think it's really special especially because like i was going through your instagram i'm not a creep i promise (laughs) I, i was going through your instagram and like like set, like you're like an entire bubble of like joy you're like a ray of sunshine you're always smiling
1: and I think that's really special thank you yeah so like that's what I try to do I try to like (sighs) it's really hard to like you know keep smiling Mm -hmm. but if you've been through like what I've been through and I say this so many times Mm -hmm. if you've been through like what I've been through I don't think there's a You know, like when I'm sad, I'm not saying I don't feel any other emotions because trust me, I do. But I keep happiness closer to my heart than any other feelings.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really important because, you know, holding on to hope and look, I'm talking like I have my life figured out. (laughs) But um, (laughs) it's like holding on to hope and, and like the small things that bring you joy is really important because when you feel like you're slipping into a really dark place, that it's always going to bring you back and like remind you you have a reason to live there's a reason you're Mm -hmm. still alive like there's been so many instances where you could have died and like you're still alive there's a reason for that it's not just it's not luck
1: yeah it's like very intentional when stuff like that happens yeah so it's just just seeing like you know how life works out i choose happiness all the time I wake yeah. up every day and I'm like oh my gosh I have to do this and this and this but I'm gonna do it with joy because yeah. what's the point of doing it with any other emotion because it's just gonna become worse for you yeah. if you feel you know that way while um working through anything so with everything I'm just like yeah we're gonna smile through this and I'm not forcing it I'm choosing it yes you know so everyone's like oh my gosh you're like you're over positivity and all that I'm like I'm not saying there's no other emotions. Yes, there is and I feel them and the closest people to me get to see those other emotions. Yeah. What I choose to have all the time is usually happiness and it's not over positivity however people describe it. It's yeah. because I've been through like a rough time and I'm like I'm not there. I'm in like such a better place now and yeah.
0: Being grateful for the little
1: things. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I'm not where I used to be, on the streets with no food to eat or clothes to wear, and I'm here with like everything I need and more, like way more than I need, yeah. I'm gonna be happy. Like you, know, you best. Yeah. Bet. Um, and I, uh, I feel like
0: I feel like I need to say this for people that are listening. If you stayed with us up until this point, I think it's important to remember that just because. You know, Vanessa went through something really like really horrible. Nobody should go through that, especially a kid. Um, but like because she experienced something that might be worse trauma than yours doesn't mean yours is any less valid. Like I feel like people especially in Uganda like where a lot of my experience is is people are like oh my god someone has it so much worse like yes they do but that doesn't make your feelings unimportant it's just as important for you to have closure like just because you didn't get hit by a car doesn't mean you don't feel sadness you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you don't need help and it's like we don't have to go through the exact same kind of trauma in order to to um to be worthy of like help and love and compassion and I think people like just don't realize that
1: yeah like no
0: matter what you feel it is valid
1: yeah for sure so like that's what i've been like thinking about because every time i tell my story everyone's like oh my gosh my life is so so much like my childhood didn't have that much stuff or you know comments little comments like that and like yeah. they kind of like just make me feel so bad because i'm like i'm not telling you my story to make you feel worse about what you're feeling yeah. because everyone's like emotions are regardless like everyone's experience is a valid one because that's what makes you you that's what makes you a person what like makes us very sad and lacking in life is when we start comparing everything we have to a different person you know like god created you with different dna so you can be your own person and so you can make your own decisions best off of your like decisions not anybody else's so like I mean I love like the we think about community and all that and that's like necessary but we kind of have to like become individualistic in how we think about ourselves because you can't go over there and be like oh my gosh your story is so much worse than me I should not be feeling it like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how small or big like your experiences are and there's no such actually there's no such thing as small or big experiences it's it's just different experiences because to you what you're going through that that is big for you and like you know it might seem small for me but like I understand that that's your experience
0: yeah
1: and I've come to learn that so much because every time someone was like oh my gosh your story is so much worse than mine I feel like a thing in my heart and I'm like what am I feeling like I feel like and then I told them I don't want pity but then I, re- I realized they were not giving me pity I realized they were like comparing themselves and saying yeah, they
0: feel bad for feeling bad mm-hmm. about what, what happened to them because it's not as yeah. bad as what happened to you
1: uh-huh. yeah so and it's okay to recognize other people's struggles just yeah. make sure you recognize yours too as your yeah. own, you know that's like what gets you through life i feel like
0: yeah i yes, definitely I- remember um sometime uh last you know, this year i think maybe i was taking a history class and we were talking about indigenous people in canada and it was um it was about residential schools and how kids were tortured and it's like pretty similar to the Ugandan boarding school experience but like, mm-hmm. ten, like 10 times worse kids mm-hmm. were starved kids were intentionally left to like be sick nobody gave them health care and things like that mm-hmm. and I remember uh relating it to like an experience in school and I was like oh my god like for me the boarding school I went to the nuns oh no they were like mean they would punish kids they would treat kids like shit and you know I was just like giving an experience and like I just noticed everybody in the room they were really quiet and they were looking at me like oh my god like you went through that and it's like hey I didn't survive the war okay But yeah <laughs> it just had it so much worse I'm just saying like I'm recognizing the you know, similarities between, like, systems mm-hmm. that were set up by colonial masters, I'm not saying mm-hmm. I had it really bad, like, these kids had it so much worse, like, I, I wasn't treated like that, probably, because my mom is really vocal, and is like, she will let you know you do something to my kid, I'm coming after you, yeah. but it's, yeah, so, like, people, like, just, I was looking at people, and I'm like, I'm okay, and someone's like, oh my god, I'm really sorry, and I'm like, I'm fine, okay, I turned out fine, okay, I just, I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> Yeah, and it's that like, it. in that moment it's like please don't feel bad about what I went through and like deprive yourself of feeling you know sadness or like mm-hmm. you're you're being hurt don't deprive yourself of that feeling because you feel like I had it so much worse yes I, I might have but the thing is is you experience something as well and like mm-hmm. you should be allowed to feel that you should be allowed to work through it
1: yeah that's like the thing Thinking of boarding schools when I went to the, my boarding school. Uh-huh. So like this was when I like I had my white parents now, right? Yeah. So the teacher was like, "You can't visit your child." Blah blah blah. So my mom went and got police officers. I was like, "I'm gonna see my daughter today." <laughs> <laughs> it was, so, and no one like ever like when she wanted to see me she would just show up like it didn't matter what time she's like give me my daughter I want to see her right now <laughs> I
0: don't understand why schools do that that's really traumatizing like it's I bad know. enough that we have to not see our family Yeah, for, like, three months
1: yeah ahead. I mean I chose boarding school like I wanted it because like it was better for my education I was in P7 and like my results were so much better because I went to boarding school so like I chose that because I knew you know that I would get yeah. good grades if I went to boarding because the work they'd be doing, like, was too much, you know? Yeah. Studying for PLEs, and, you know, I was in, like, P7, and I'm, like, I, I got to get this work straight. Like, all I had, like, so I have, like, a very, very huge person for education. Uh-huh. So, like, I don't mess with my school, you know? So I, like, chose yeah. as... gonna go to boarding school I don't care how hard it is but my mom is like I don't want you going and I'm like I'm going this is my education you're talking about and then she's like okay fine but I'm gonna see you whenever I want to and I'm like you're not allowed to she's like well we'll see about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think it's really pointless to keep kids away from their parents because it's like if I'm staying at school anyway and my mom wants to like drop in and like hi how are you doing are you okay they're just checking Mm -hmm. they're not taking me away yeah they're just checking to make sure I'm fine because yeah. you know what the truth is uh, what i think what a lot of people don't realize is that like, kids get hurt in school and they can't say anything yeah in my previous episode i talked about like my very first week in namabunga someone was like teasing me and i reported her to the canteen lady who was like my aunt and i got punished because i told <laughs> a member of the staff like yes she, she wasn't a teacher but like she's she's officially a member of staff right yeah, I got punished because I didn't go to the class teacher I don't know the class teacher why don't people understand this with yeah. kids you need to build some kind of like trust level with them Yeah, for them to be comfortable to come to you but I got punished I remember getting six strokes of the cane <laughs> because I went and reported to a staff mem- member that wasn't my class
1: teacher yeah so was-
0: <laughs> the <that is.
1: laughs> students are crazy but yeah
0: and I remember telling my mom and like after that like 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 teachers knew. They just knew like she will come for you if you do anything to her kid. <laughs>
1: so yeah.
0: Justified. So yeah. Um yeah. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. This was fun. Yeah. Hopefully it was it, was. it is
0: it gets really boring to do this by myself because it's like, I'm talking about myself and it's like, at some point, I'm tired of hearing myself talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, okay, that's gonna be it. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for sharing your story and keep your smile. Like, honestly, it's infectious. I was watching you dance and I was like, I wish I could move like that, but like, my always <laughs> smiling. <laughs> Aww,
1: thank you.
0: Anytime so yeah i hope like sometime in the future we can do this again maybe talk about something even like the ending is happy the beginning not so much but like talk about something happier
1: yeah for sure well i gotta go and okay
0: yeah thank you again and uh yeah have a good
1: one you too bye
0: bye